welcome to episode 45 of From the Shed End Podcast. Myself, T-Dot, Theo, happy returns. Feels like you've been, it's been a while since you've, um, you've been, you've been on, but how, how are you doing? How was your Christmas? Better. Yeah, it was, uh, it's been a while. It's been, I think, over two weeks now and I've missed it, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> so it's nice to talk about Chelsea, particularly after we've just won. But Christmas was good. It was busy. Back with the family after a self-isolation period, a little COVID hiccup. But um, but I'm good. How was your Christmas? Good, good. Busy. Um, like I said before, Boxing Day's my day and Christmas Day's all about being in the kitchen, drinking brandy, <laughs> and cooking turkeys. But yeah, it was good. It's good. Good little break. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. Even more better because we managed to get a victory against Aston Villa yesterday after some sort of inconsistent performances over the last couple of weeks it was good to see um a really good performance but before we get into the game anyone who is listening don't forget you can hit the subscribe button make sure that you follow the accounts as well they're down at the bottom of the screen so from the shed end on twitter and from the shed end with underscores between each of the words on instagram as well i think we've still got our competition running as well i think that's a couple of days time we'll be able to uh reveal the winner yeah, I've got a couple, I think a couple more days where it's still running. I think we'll close the entries on the 31st of December and be announced the winner on the, in the new year or on the final day of the year. But if you're still wanting to enter that, we've got a match day programme from the Chelsea-Juventus game up for grabs. All you have to do is um, find the post on Instagram, give it a like, give us a follow on Instagram and tag two friends in the comments. A lot of people liking the post but not tagging their friends. So make sure you tag those two friends if you want to be in a chance of um, being entered into the into the draw. Yeah, it's definitely important to do that. Definitely. And, and yeah, we're definitely going to do the, the draw live as well. We'll try and do it somehow so that everyone can see who's um who's won and make sure it's all done fairly as well. But let's get into the game from yesterday. Very good performance, second half, in my opinion. I wasn't too happy about the first half, but let's talk about the lineup. Wasn't really many surprises for you in terms of who um, started in the game, but just give us your thoughts, the initial thoughts on the game and the first half as well. I thought lineup made sense given that Tuchel was advised by his medical team not to play Lukaku. I think more than I think even the forty-five minutes that he played was more than the medical advice. Um, you know, he was advised to to play him for for sure a short amount of time. So the lineup did make sense. I was frustrated to see Pulisic as a false nine because that didn't work against Everton. It didn't work against Wolves. Um, I, it didn't work in that first half against Villa. Let's face it. Um, I did think he had a much better second half when he was switched to a right wing back which is quite surprising because he's not the best defensive footballer, but I thought he did a quite good job and linked up well with Kante and Mount in that second half in that position. But first half, very, very cagey. I thought Villa were probably the better team in that first half, even though they didn't really have maybe a shot on target. I think um, Silver and um, Chiloba and the defenders allowed, I think, Watkins and Ings a few times to get behind them. And then they recovered well, credit to them. They did recover well and made in, made in some made some good blocks. But I thought Villa looked like the more threatening team um, in that first half. Um, their goal came from a bit of a fluke. I thought, um, you know, Reese James, I thought, was poor in that first half. His delivery was very poor, which is um, very unorthodox of him. And then the own goal was unfortunate. Yeah, he could maybe point the finger to Mandy and think, could he be doing better with that? You know, it goes right between his hands. But as a goalkeeper, it's so hard to, you know, time, you know, adjust your body and your your hands when it takes, a de- you know, unexpected deflection of one of your own players. But, uh, you know, that first half, there were moments I thought, you know, I thought Hudson Adore and Alonso linked up quite well in that first half. And what I do like with having Alonso at left wing back and Reese James at right wing back is Reese James on a good day 
yesterday was um, a bit of an exception because he was quite poor. But on a good day, he's able to put in a really good cross ball, you know, with height on it. Whereas Alonso is often, like we saw that goal that came, um, Mount's goal against Leeds, he's able to fizz it across the box quite low mm-hmm. and put it in those dangerous areas. So it's good to have those two options from the wing backs. But then the goal, I thought Hudson-Odoi was brilliant. He won us that penalty really well. He got in, you know, went ahead of Matty Cash without him knowing. Matty Cash thought he was going for the ball, but Hudson-Odoi nipped in front of him and he won us the penalty. And then Jorginho did what he had to do for the, you know, the, from the penalty spot. So it was good. It calmed the nerves at half time to go in at the break with a, with 1-1 but then the second half we'll talk about that in a bit but I think the substitution made a difference Oh yeah I, I agree 100% I think we did look very sort of sluggish first half I think we made made it very I mean tight like you just mentioned Konzo uh, and Tyra Mings didn't really have anything to deal with in the first half and that's potentially down to Pudisic being that false number nine doesn't really work like you said it didn't really work against Everton as well but it, it was it, I think the goal, obviously the goal um, penalty and then the goal from Jorginho definitely helped. When we went 1-0 down, I did kind of think it's going to be one of those days, isn't it? (laughs) Here we go again. Here we go again. So, and you're right, you know, spot on with Reese James. I think, you know, he didn't have the best performances and some players do have, well, every player has off days. You know, there's days where you just can't, you know, you don't, you can't perform at a a 9 out of 10 every game. But I just thought going into um, into that game, yeah, you kind of need Reese James to be on form. Um, you know, we can't really afford for someone like him not to be on 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 you know on job. So um, it was disappointing first half. I don't think any Chelsea fans can say that. And like you just mentioned, the substitution at half time, big Rom back. He was a bully. I think he would have ran through the fans if he could to get a goal. He was he was just that good. Give, give me your give me your thoughts on on Lukaku coming back into the team. Um, like you mentioned as well, there was medical um, advice given to Tuchel not to play him as well. So just give me your thoughts on Lukaku. I mean, that game was just screaming for a number nine. And when Lukaku came on for that second half, he delivered the ultimate number nine performance. I felt he bullied defenders off the ball. He made some brilliant runs. He showed that he's got pace in his locker as well. Um, you know, that headed goal that he scored from a brilliant Hudson Odoi um, delivery is something that we haven't seen in a very long time, you know, headed goal from one of our number nines. So that was really good to see. And um, a few times he played with his back to goal and passed it to Kovacic, passed it to Mounts. So it was basically the Lukaku that we were seeing back in August, September, the one you know, that played at the Emirates, the one that played against Villa in the reverse leg and scored a brace. So it was brilliant to see. And um, it's really important as well that he's putting in that performance because that will give him a lot of confidence now for, you know, the quite tricky run of fixtures that we're going to have now in January. So, um, you know, during that little blip, I want to call it, you know, start of December, end of November, when we weren't getting those results, we were getting those kind of sluggish draws, you know, against Everton, against Burnley, against United. Those games were screaming for a number nine most of the time. You know, when we were playing with Werner at times as a false nine, when we were playing with Pulisic as a false nine, it just wasn't doing it. It wasn't doing it. And um, and there was that period before his injury where Lukaku was getting criticised for his uh, movement off the ball. But I thought yesterday his movement off the ball was fantastic. He was making runs behind the defenders. A lot of the times he didn't actually end up having the ball, you know, to his feet. But he was making those runs that, you know, you want to see your number nine making. You know, runs that Benzema would be making, Lewandowski would be making. And, you know, the Romelu Lukaku that was at Inter Milan last season and scoring for fun was making. So um, and then what I love the most is after the match when he said, you know, we, we are hunters now, something along those lines. <laughs> That's what I want to hear, you know. We're, we're hunting down City now. We're hunting down yep. City. So I want to hear that. Yeah, but it was brilliant. 
and the, obviously the goal as well. You know, Mings Mings is a big boy, and Lukaku just made him look like a Sunday League defender there. So it was mm. it was good to see. I think it was interesting as well because um, even for the penalty that we we get from the 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 run that Lukaku makes as well. I think it's Target who who tries to bring him down first and I think it's Konza who eventually um, fouls him in the box. But just the, the the speed, the strength, the agility to be able to to play the way he did, um, I, I, I was impressed. I was impressed. It, it's those kind of performances where you understand, you know, why we've paid so much money for him, what he's capable of doing. He was just, he was just a, a nightmare. He's a defender's nightmare. And I think I've said it on here before. That those kind of performances is where you look and you see, you know, you see a Tyrone Mings who just can't handle him or uh Konzo who can't handle him. And he was just, yeah, he was just 10 out of 10, if, we, if we're being honest. I think you hit the nail on the head as well in terms of the the fixture congestion that we've got coming up, just, just like we've had already in December. But looking at January, I think it's probably just as, as bad in some ways as, um, as December has been as well. So uh, yeah, I think we're going to need someone like Lukaku. I, I think some games, yes, rest him, play someone like Werner in that position, that number nine. But I think if we've got a number nine, we've got to start playing him and we've got to start utilising him the best way we can. And I felt like Thomas Sukel did that yesterday. I think he got the best out of him. You know, we, we know we can be a problem for defenders. I think it's just sometimes for him, Yes, he does like the ball to feet, but he showed that he can be versatile and he done that yesterday. So uh, for me, definitely, you know, man of the match performance, in my opinion. But injuries, again, has, has, has been another thing that we always have to talk about on this podcast recently. It seems that there's always going to be an injury crisis at Chelsea. I can't remember, I think you said this to me yesterday, but I can't remember the last time we had so many injuries in one season. Um it just it seems like it's every game something happens or it's COVID. We don't get our game postponed, but we still have to play the game. It just seems like a season of played with injuries. What what do you think it's down to? Just the the congestion of the fixtures, or is it just a case we're just unlucky, we're unfortunate? I think it's the congestion of the fixtures. Players who are injured being forced back early and then making those injuries worse, which is what we're seeing with Kante. It's that same knee problem that keeps recurring, and he was rushed back for that Wolves game because we needed a midfielder so desperately for that game. And he probably could have done with another week of rest or recovery. And um, probably it's the same with Chalaba. I think um, he was he came off at halftime. I'm not sure if it was injury, if it was just, you know, we wanted to bring on a more offensive player. But, you know, he, he as well, he's been in and out of the team with injuries and he's kind of been rushed back into the team. Silver as well, you know, he's 37 and he's been playing a lot of football, a lot of football. Now, he is probably our most important defender, but, you know, he he hasn't been able to catch a break recently because of, you know, how many fixtures we have and the lack of players we've had to fill in. You know, Christensen's been out with COVID. Um, Chiloba's been injured at times, so he's been forced to play. But um, that's a hamstring injury. I'm hoping he's back, you know, in maybe a couple of weeks' time. Um, but I don't expect any of them to be um, fit for the Brighton game, Liverpool game, maybe even the first leg of the Spurs um, semi-final. But um, it's annoying because every time we seem to make progress, get the results, you know, we just... We just seem to get some bad injury. Like when we beat Juventus 4-0, mm. we, we were forced, um, you know, Chilwell's, Chilwell's ACL went. So it's just, it's really frustrating. It just seems to be the story of our season at the moment. It's going to be interesting because you just mentioned, obviously, Brighton, who who played yesterday as well, um, played really well. So it's a game that we'll, we'll talk about shortly. But that that Liverpool game is key. I think it's on the 2nd of Liverpool, 2nd uh, of Liverpool, 2nd of January. <laughs> um so yeah, I think that's going to be a massive game. And if we don't have someone, for me personally, that is a game where I'd love to see Thiago Silva in there. I doubt we're going to see that now. But just in terms of Christensen, who 
hasn't played as much football over the last couple of weeks down to COVID, but also I think maybe down to some off-field issues as well. Um, but he's going to have to step up now. I think him, um, Chalaba, Rudiger, we're going to need them because obviously African Cup of Nations, I think the players leave on the third. So we'll still have Mendy, but it will mean that Liverpool will still have uh, Mane, Salah. So it's going to be critical to make sure we can get through that Brighton game. No more injuries. Like you've just mentioned there, I think, you know, Kante, again, it's the same reoccurring injury. So he just needs, I think for, for Kante, he needs a, a period of, as much as we need him, we need him to be fully fit. Rushing him back for me isn't the answer because in the long run, it's just, we, you know, we, we, we need him to be fully fit rather than have a 50% Kante who's playing half half a game or missing three games but playing one. It's it's pointless, you know, he may as well get him back to full fitness. Thiago Silva, I expect him to pick up these kind of injuries at the age that he is, the amount of games like you just mentioned that he's played as well. You know, it's it's unfortunate because he, he, as strange as it sounds, he's probably been our best player this season. And yeah, you think about some, yeah, some of, you think about some of the, even going back to the the Juventus game, I think the goal line clearances, I think it was like back to back in two different games. He he cleared it off the line in, in like, you know, dramatic fashion, but he's probably been arguably our best, you know, a free player as well, free, free transfer that's come in. Um, but this season, he's probably been the best player for me. And him and Mason Mount, you know, definitely been key yeah. players, but to lose Thiago Silva at this period for me is more damaging than losing Kante in some ways, as much mm. as we, you know, Kovacic coming back in, it's been a blessing. You know, we needed someone to come in. The midfield was very weak. I can't remember what game it was. It was Everton. I think it was the Everton game. And, you know, we were, I think, is that when we played Chalabar in midfield, I think? I think it might have been. Was it at yeah. Wolves? I can't remember. Yeah. It, they all, they all sort of, at this period of the, the year, they just, Blend yeah, into that, one game. That two two week COVID period for me is a blur. You know, watching, watching, well, I just watched that Everton game full time. I just switched off, went to bed. So I don't really remember much now. I don't think we recorded that week either. No, um, no. But yeah, um, yeah. Just in terms of obviously having Kovacic back, I think we can kind of compensate for not having Kante in that midfield. But to lose Silver, who seems to be the glue at the back, um, you know, that that back three for me, it's a big loss. You know, it's a massive mm. loss. So. It's going to be it's going to be difficult to go up against Liverpool, who, who are Liverpool. We know what they can do, and not have Thiago Silva in that team. And they've had a longer break as well now of their game postponed. Didn't get to play Leeds, um, but yeah. But just for Kante, I think it's something we have to get used to as Chelsea fans. You're going to have a full season. We've got maybe another five, six months of football. Realistically, Kante is going to be a fit for maybe two or three of those months of football. You know, we have to expect now that Kante is not going to play, uh, you know, a lot of football in the next five months if that, that knee injury just keeps persisting. And with Silva, it's, like you said, he's the glue in the back and just the way he reads the game, he senses danger, even in that first half when Villa were attacking and looking threatening. Silva was just so cool on the ball, you know, he would reassure probably Chilobo was playing alongside him that he just calm it down, you know, don't panic, do, you know, make sure you don't do anything rash or stupid and just pass the ball out and make sure you find um, Kante or... Um, or Jorginho and I think you know lacking that experience is going to be a bit of a blow but we have to we have to trust you know Christensen, Chilobo even I think Malang Sar who had a good game at um at Brentford I think may play a part in the League Cup and uh, the FA Cup um against uh, against Chesterfield so I think we have to look at the other options um that we have and just hope that Silva recovers come maybe mid-January time. Yeah yeah absolutely it's going to be a big loss to be honest but um 
all, all is not bad. I think, you know, we're looking at, I'm looking at the league table now. We're, we're third, we're, we're level on points with Liverpool, albeit they've got a game in hand, but you know, we've still only conceded 13 goals. We've scored 42 this, this season as well. It's, it's not all doom and gloom. And I think, you know, you can kind of go on Twitter sometimes or, you know, you'll go on social media and you'd think we're in the relegation, you know, bottom three or something. Cause it's just, you know, I went on this morning and briefly, um, and yeah, like even after the game, we've just beat Aston Villa 3-1 and there's still that sort of doom and gloom on there. So it's not all, it's not all bad. You know, a, a question I'll ask you, cause I've asked, I think, um, a few other Chelsea fans, but are we still in the race for the title or have we now got to change the expectations to top four? No, mathematically we're still in the race hundred percent, but it's just how good City are looking, which is scary. Um, but I think, like I said, at the, at the start of the season, once with a full fit Chelsea squad with the depth we have, if we keep Lukaku fit, if we keep Silva, Kante fit, once they come back from the injuries, if um, we have Kovacic, Jorginho and Kante as our free midfield options for those really big, important games, then we've got every chance, you know, to be challenging City and Liverpool for that top spot. But, uh, you know, given the COVID situation that we had recently, and I expect that to carry on, you know, in January, more COVID cases, um, more maybe um, games, you know, being postponed for other teams, you know, maybe maybe unfavorable for us because they get a longer break, etc. Then, you know, the circumstances will be tough for us. But mathematically, we're still in it. And I think there's no better manager that I'd want, you know, to manage this team in this situation than Thomas Tuchel. I think I mentioned it a few episodes back. I almost quite like being in that second, third spot. And like Lukaku said, hunting down, you know, that first spot, you know, putting that pressure rather than being top and having that pressure behind you. So, um, so yeah, I think we're still in, in it. It's going to be harder than I thought come, come August because City and Liverpool look good. But I just hope that maybe, you know, when they lack um, Mane and um, Mares and um, and Salah, you know, there's three important players with those two clubs, then maybe they'll drop a couple of points and we can maybe, you know, overtake them. But it's going to be tough, very tough. But I think if we manage to get top three, it's going to be very, very um, respectable. I want to put it like that. Yeah. And I think you, you're right. I think there's going to be a moment where Liverpool, who very rarely have blips in a season um, when they're playing in the form that they, they are at the moment. So, any points they, you know, if we can go there in the second and, and oh, they come to us, but you know what I mean? If we can get a result against them, then definitely need to, to get the three points there as well. But yeah, it's, I think we're still in it. I think we're still in it. Obviously we've got Tottenham who are looking very good as well. Um, Arsenal fourth, don't really mind Arsenal, but you look at Tottenham, they've, they've got those three games, you know, I think they've got, yeah, three games in hand. They're on 29 points. So yes, it doesn't sound like a lot. We're on 41, but it, it, you know, if they win those three games then you've got to start thinking behind us as well. So I'm still in a league title bracket at the moment. I still think we can do it. I think we, we have the squad to do it, bar not many more injuries or, you know, the COVID thing doesn't hit us. I do want to ask you this question because I think, again, I know we spoke about this offline, but it does seem very odd that Chelsea games are going ahead. We're playing teams that are, are riddled with COVID, not just in, in our own camp, but, I think Villa had a massive outbreak of COVID not, not long ago as well. But then you do look at some of the other games. I think Man United's game prior to Christmas was postponed. Liverpool's Boxing Day game was postponed yesterday as well. I'm pretty sure Man City might have had a game postponed at some point, but I might not be 100% on that one. But it does seem that Chelsea games aren't being postponed. And, you know, we had seven against Wolves that were potentially out. It just seems like we're constantly playing games, even though there's COVID. 
campaign against Chelsea. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Jose Mourinho once said, you know, the agenda. But yeah, the agenda. No, it's, it is how that Chelsea, the Wolves Chelsea game went ahead, mm. where we had seven cases of COVID. We could only have four outfield players, I think, on the bench was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And how actually Thomas Tuchel, he kept his cool, you know, when he was interviewed, asked, asked about it. But he said, you know, we, we submitted uh, our appeal to have that game postponed. It was rejected. You know, it's, it is what it is. But you could tell he was frustrated. You know, he cares about the, you know, his players, his players' well-being. And I think definitely with a fully fit squad, we could have won that game, given how we played in our second half as well. So that makes it even more frustrating. But then obviously Liverpool being Liverpool, they'll get their games postponed. You know, they're the media darlings, so we know what to expect with them. Mm. And um, I just think, you know, it's kind of unfair, I feel, especially mm. I was thinking about this as well the other day. It's not nothing to do with kind of t- games getting postponed, but Rhys James and Alonso yesterday were one yellow card away from a suspension, you know, before the new year. And I'm still not sure if, you know, all these games that are getting postponed do they mm. do those suspensions apply to those games in the new year when they do get played? You know, because I think it's the nineteen game. Once you play nineteen games, they reset. Yeah. So it's frustrating. It's little things like that. I think that you know have gone against us. And obviously, Tottenham have had three games postponed. Brentford, who we played in the League Cup, had seven cases of COVID as well. They appealed. They got their game postponed. And when they played us, they had a fully fit squad. You know, they had all their. their I think they only had one small injury, but no COVID cases. And we were forced to play Wolves with seven COVID cases, four outfielders, players on the bench, two goalkeepers on the bench. It, it was not fair, you know. So I could go on about this forever, but it's just going to be me sounding like a broken record. So I'll just leave it at that. But you're spot on. No, you're spot yeah. on. I think, you know, it's um, it, it's a strange one because I think there's no consistency yeah. at all across the Premier League. You look at, you know, some games are being postponed and then the, the following week, the team that had their game postponed is then playing a team. I don't understand the criteria to get a game postponed. I don't understand what, not that we, I think it needs to be a bit more transparent for fans, I think as well. And I think that there's some decisions to be made like two hours before kickoffs are ridiculous. You know, I think yeah. there's Palace, been... Palace Tottenham yesterday, they announced it on Twitter a couple of hours before kickoff. It sounded yeah, like yeah. a Sunday league game. You know, we weren't sure if you're going to play with a waterlogged pitch yeah, or something yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's not good enough. It's no, not good it's not. enough. And I think I think there needs to be a lot more transparency, a lot more consistency in terms of those games. In, in all honesty, if if there is COVID um, cases within a team, just don't play the games or just avoid that whole fixture, that whole day of games. And then it just allows, because what's happening now, you know, Spurs have got three games to play. When do, when do they play them? You know, it, it, just does, it doesn't seem right. You know, they don't have European right. football. They don't have European football. So they can squeeze in a game on a Thursday. Appeal. They want to try and appeal, don't they? So, you know, it's, it's embarrassing. I, I, you know, just, you know, just, just let it go. You know, you have I, I was in favor of that two week pause for the Premier League. It made complete sense for me, yeah, yeah. for the players, for the fans. So even for the fans going to games, I was watching yeah. Match of the Day yesterday, a lot of empty stadiums. Yeah, you know yeah, West Ham, Brighton. you know Brighton. I mean Etihad is the Etihad, but it was not not for <laughs> empty but, Yeah, empty had. But West Ham, I was surprised. A lot of empty seats there. And they yeah, usually, yeah. you know, they're quite a full, you know, for even Villa. I think Villa Park was yeah. a full house, and that. I mean, they you know, they're they're quite good. You know, they normally have quite a good fan base. Yeah. But I think it is down to that. I think, and I mean, Boxing Day is a nightmare for for people who don't um, drive. You know, if they've got to try and get public transport somewhere, it's a nightmare because there isn't any. There's no trains anywhere. But you know, normally there's a will, there's a way, and 
I think I think I noticed it more in the Brighton game yesterday that it was hardly anyone there. But it's I think Amex is in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure it's almost by the motorway, so it's a nightmare to get to anyway. But I agree with you. Um, you know, I think it needs to be a lot more consistency. We need to be given a, a lot more clarity around why our games are going ahead, why Liverpool games are being cancelled, why Spurs didn't play for two weeks. You know, it just doesn't seem seem right to me. But one of the things that Thomas Tuchel did say after the game um, yesterday was around the, the, the need for five subs, which um, I think if anyone's watched sort of match of the day, they'll see that Alan Shearer was sort of attacked Tuchel slightly a little bit. He almost said, well, you know, it's got to be voted in and the clubs need to, you, you know, a unanimous vote needs to be done by the, by the clubs. But do you think there should be five subs? Because we did have that previous, you know, the um, previous lockdowns and COVID and the, the restart of the season, we had that five subs implemented. Do you think that's what we need this season because of these, re, you know, these issues with COVID? Um, I'm quite 50-50 about it. I want to play devil's advocate because as a Chelsea fan, we've got so much depth and it would be a blessing to, you know, have five subs come on. And, um, you know, all these games that are getting postponed, they're going to have to be played at some point, you know, two days after another fixture, which means that you need to really use your four squads. So it does make sense to introduce the five five substitutions. But at the same time, I can understand, you know, if there was a vote in, I can maybe imagine 12 or 13 of the Premier League teams from the 20 of them um, voting against it because they don't have that, you know, that squad it's not favourable for the smaller teams like the Burnleys the Watfords who don't have the privilege of bringing on a Timo Werner or Kai Havertz off the bench so um, it's quite 50-50 but then again you know if you know Watford Norwich which I is it Watford Norwich or I forgot which fixture got postponed a few 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 days ago then that's the type of game you know that will be played maybe midway through February after they've just played another fixture like I said mm. and being able to you know maybe bring on a player who's fresh and also take off a player who may be risking an injury, then it makes complete sense, complete sense. And we saw it in that lockdown period um, a year or two ago. And arguably this, this period is probably going to be more stressful, more congested. So it makes sense to reintroduce that rule. So um, I'm kind of in favour for it. I think I think it's needed. I think not just because of COVID, but you're, again, we've spoke about it already. You're seeing players picking up a lot more injuries because of the fixtures being congested and, you know, back-to-back fixtures. I think we do need to, I, I agree. I think, you know, for a Chelsea, from a Chelsea perspective, it definitely gives us the advantage against a, a Watford or a Norwich or someone who's got a, a smaller squad. But if you're talking about players and again, this kind of ties into, um, you know, that, that whole thing on Twitter about players needing a break and, you know, playing too much football. And if you implement five subs, you, you've got the opportunity to rest a Kante, but play someone else or bring him off or, you know, you've got the luxury to do that. And we are fortunate. We've obviously got a, a good squad um, in terms of depth to be able to do that. But I, I I don't think it's any different to Man City or Chelsea spending a hundred million on a player, in my opinion. I don't think it's, yes, it's not, you know, Norwich aren't spending a hundred million on Jack Grealish and they're not spending a hundred million on a, a Romelu Lukaku. So I don't think the, the, the playing field's level anyway in, in that in that respect. I think, you know, some, pl- some clubs are spending a lot more than other clubs. Financial fair play goes out the window when you think about it in terms of how that works at the moment. It's not, it's not really... I think it needs reviewing, to be honest. But I don't think it would hurt to have five subs. I think it would reduce injuries. I've got a factor in COVID. Um, yeah, I just think it makes more sense to have five subs. I don't know why we wouldn't have five subs. And I think the other European, I might need to double check this, but I'm sure 
you know, mm. Italy, Spain, I'm sure they still have the five sub ruling in anyway. And so, the winter break. <laughs> and the winter break. So, you know, we're the only, uh, you know, league that doesn't have that, have either, doesn't have a winter break, it doesn't have five subs. So, in my opinion, I think, it, I think we do need it. I think, it, you know, we've seen players holding their chest and, and, you know, collapsing on pitches. It's, you know, it's taking its toll on these players. So I think it's definitely needed, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, just to protect the well-being of the players and going into the next couple of months, there's going to be more cases of COVID, more injuries. You know, maybe having five subs, we could have avoided that Kante and um, silver injury yesterday. And also, you know, we were forced into a defensive change. Mm. You know, we're bringing off them um, when silver came off. So, and that makes us, you know, lack maybe bringing on an attacking player, the likes of maybe a Barkley or a Ziyech, you know, that we maybe would have wanted to do in that second half. So, um, so yeah, it is frustrating, but um, I just can't see, you know, the Premier or the Premier League uniting and, you know, agreeing on that rule, like I said, because it's more favourable for the bigger teams. But mm. when you say that financial fair play going out the window, then it's a bit like, you know, if you can spend 100 million on a player, why can't we have five subs? So, yeah. yeah. Let, let, let's talk about um, who I've mentioned already, Brighton, who played really well against Brentford yesterday as well. We've got them next on the 29th of December. The ninth in the league, they look like they're kind of dancing around with sort of Europa Conference or Europa League places at the moment. So, well, what's your thoughts going into that game off the back of how we played against Aston Villa, factoring in the injuries to Thiago Silva and Angolo Kante? But what's your thoughts on on going into that game? I think you're going to the game as yeah. well, I think, aren't you? Yeah, so I'll probably be wearing thoughts. a ma- mask in Stamford Bridge, <laughs> but I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, it's going to be a tricky one. I think Brighton, like you said, they're playing some very good football at the mo- moment. They've got a very young, exciting manager in Graham Potter, who's really kind of got the best out of this Brighton squad. Smart recruitment policy as well, bringing in um, you know the likes of Lamptey, Cucurella. I think their left or right backs looking quite good. Trossard and the pay, you know, we saw their goals yesterday. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a tricky game, but from a Chelsea, you know, I have to talk about Chelsea here. If we want to establish that level of consistency and really, you know, make that title charge that we should be going for. Then it's the games we should be winning, especially at home, you know, to finish the year. We played some very good football um, away at Aston Villa yesterday, especially in that second half. And, you know, if we want to just carry on with that flow, get that consistency, we should be beating Brighton at home. Um, I think if Rom starts, then we've got every chance to be winning it. I think he's he's playing with confidence. He's looking hungry. He, he, he should be getting a goal or two in that. Um, but then I just will not be surprised if it's the same Chelsea we saw, you know, against Everton or, or even against Wolves where we just get that sloppy, sluggish draw. We, maybe we score early and then let them back into the game and then just miss chances. You know, we just need to be more clinical. Even, you know, we didn't speak about it, but that Mountain Hudson a Doy chance yesterday. Yeah, Those are yeah. chances that, you know, a City are scoring, a Liverpool are scoring and we're still kind of bottling them, you know. Mm. So we just need to be more clinical in front of goal. And if we take our chances, because I think we will create chances. Hudson Adoy is looking really, you know, smart with his the way he's playing his football. Lukaku's there in the box. He's looking for the ball. He wants the ball at his feet. Then we should be creating chances. We just need to be more clinical. And if we're clinical, we'll win it. But I just not seeing this Chelsea side being clinical enough at the moment. I think, I think we we, we should win. In fact, no, we will win. <laughs> um, but I agree with you as well, 100%. I think, you know, watching Brighton yesterday and albeit, I think that was their first win since September or maybe October. So they've they've drew a lot of games. I think they've lost like three, but they've drew quite a, a large amount of games. So um, one thing with Brighton is they don't take their chances as well. And 
albeit yesterday they did so let's not talk about yesterday but just in terms of the games before that you know they can make create 10 chances and maybe take one of them and as long as we go into that game off the back of the Aston Villa game. I think Lukaku has to start. I don't think he can be on the bench. I think he has to be in. He has to be in in that number nine position and has to do what he, we know he can do. You know, he has to to, to make it difficult for the centre backs. Um, I, I agree with you. You know, we didn't really mention him, but Hudson Odoi had a, a brilliant game against Villa, and I can see him keeping his place as well. Obviously, Mason Mount. I said as well, he's been one of our best players this season. So. Yeah, I think we've got we've got everything in the locker to go out there and get a, a brilliant performance. And we're at Stamford Bridge, so I, I don't necessarily think that we will find this game difficult. The only worry for me at the moment is again the congestion of the fixtures that we've had over the last couple of weeks. Again, injuries to Kante that's going to be a loss. But I do think not having Thiago Silva in that in that sort of back three is going to be it's going to be very um, obvious. You know, we're going to see that, whether that's Chaloba or um, Melangsar that plays in that position as well, um, Christensen as well. But it's going to be a massive loss not to have him there. So we, we've got to go into that. Obviously, we've got Liverpool after. So this is the kind of game that we have to we have to perform on. We can't, we can't afford to drop points at this point in the season now. It, it's too, like I said before, it's too risky. You know, we've got Spurs and Arsenal um behind mm-hmm. us in the league so if we drop points it just gives them an open invitation to you know to start closing that gap on us as well but I'm confident you know I'm confident I, I look at Mendy yes he's you know he's he's had a bit of an inconsistent period over the last couple of games as well his distribution hasn't been the best but Reese James has got to put in a better performance as well he's got to you know he's got to step it up as well um yeah I, I'm confident I'm really confident um, like I said, Brighton haven't had the best. I don't think they've got a really good record at Stamford Bridge either. Anyway, no. I think I think we've. Um, I don't think they've ever been even beaten us ever. Yeah, I think we've. Yeah, I think I don't think they've beaten us. I think we've won six. Mm, I think a couple of draws in the last season. I think yeah. that nil nil last season, which was a weird game because before we were, st- we were entering the Super League at the time. Yeah, um, that was it. It <laughs> don't really make sense playing that game, but um, <laughs> but yeah. Other, other than that, we've got quite a good record um, against Brighton, home and away. So, like you said, I think we should be winning this game. We should be confident as well, back in at that Villa performance. So, um, I'm, I'm going I'm to be optimistic and say we'll we'll win and keep a clean sheet. Let's go for predictions. Two uh, 0 Chelsea clean sheet. Two 0 Lukaku and like... Jorginho penalty. Another. Uh, you, Another one. He's got to be top scorer soon. I think he's because he's got he's he's must be nearly he's got to be top scorer now, hasn't he? I think he is our top goal scorer, and I think he's got ten penalties in the calendar year this season. And every time I think he's gonna, I thought he's gonna miss it yesterday. I literally thought, you know, I thought Martinez is a good penalty shot stopper. Yeah, but every time he just like makes me eat my words and he scores it. So um, the second one was a lot closer. I think he, I think Martinez was very close to saving that. Mm. I think so. Um, or might have been the first one. I can't remember. I was slightly drunk <laughs> watching the game, so I can't really remember it. I had to rewatch it this morning. But um, yeah, no, it's it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three 0 I think we should be able to, to to deal with Brighton. As I've said, that you know they they create chances that just don't score enough goals. I think defensively, I, I love um, that they're win-backs. I think they're brilliant. You know, they, they love to get forward as well. But that does leave a lot of space then behind, you know, we'll be able to run into. So I think we've got, we've, you know, Hudson-Odoi, if he's on the form that he was yesterday, 100% we should be beating them. Lukaku, I'm going to say Lukaku 2-0. Two, 
two goals and I'm going to say Mason Mount. I'm going to say Mason should have Mount. scored yesterday. He should have he scored. He should have scored. He should have. And, and Hudson Odoi as well. He Both had a really yeah. good, chance, good chance. So yeah. um, he's got to make up for it somewhere. Now, hopefully it's against Brighton. So, um, and I'm sure you'll enjoy the game anyway. You'll be there. Fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah, be a good game. Return back to the bridge. But um, yeah, so 3-0. One of us hopefully is right. Fingers crossed. Um, I can't remember the time of the game. I think it's... 7.30. 7.30. thirty game. So it's a bit of a weird one. But yeah, weird time to kick off. Very weird time. For anyone who's listening um, as well, as I said earlier on, do not forget to subscribe to the channel and make sure that you do follow us on Twitter um, at From The Shed End and Instagram at From The Shed End with underscores between each of the words. And on Spotify and Apple, we're on there as well. So make sure you give us a search. Make sure you click the uh, subscribe button on there so you know when the episode is out and you can listen as well. Um, but yeah, it's been episode 45. Theo, as always, thank you very much for joining me. And we'll be back next week for another one. Thanks for listening.